Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast for two Where we life- cry, where we cry, where we cry our eyes out. That's it, Caitlin. That's like, it? Do we, yeah. Do we even need to continue beyond that? Oh my gosh, it's so sad. <laughs> anyway, um, this week we are discussing the hero dies in this one. This is the 13th episode of season two, which was written by Jennifer Cecile, directed by Kevin Dowen, and originally aired on the WB on February 8th, 2005. However, we didn't spend the entire episode crying because in this week's episode, we are joined by the lovely and fabulous Jess Kohler, who is the co-host of a Simple Alias rewatch podcast where she and her co-host, Brie Leach, discuss every episode of Alias one at a time and entirely spoiler-free. So they're much better at holding back on the spoilers than Caitlin and I are on this podcast. We're not good at all. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, their podcast is absolutely amazing. We recommend uh, checking them out. As of this recording, they are up to season two, episode five. And again, it's highly spoiler-free, so if you've been a long-time fan of Alias, or if you're ready to watch for the first time, like this is a great podcast for you. And I am a new fan. I have only seen the first episode, though, but yes, I really like the show, and then I listened to the podcast episode along with it, and it was really entertaining. Especially to hear about, they talk a lot about the music of the show. Yeah, because the music for Alias, uh, long story short, uh, is... It's a little bit different with the licensing and everything, much different than what One Tree Hill does, and we actually talk about that, a little bit about that in the space of this episode, but it's very fascinating to hear a little bit about that, and Jess says, says that much more eloquently than either of us, so we'll let you listen to that in the actual episode itself. But yes, we had a lot of fun with Jess, didn't we, Caitlin? Yeah, we did. Jess is, she's like a longtime fan of the show, even though she hasn't seen the entire show, She's seen quite a bit of it um, from back in the day, <laughs> like when it was first on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so kind of a newbie, not quite a newbie, but it was definitely, it was very fun to hear her perspective. And we even brought her into the spoiler segment. We tried not to talk past the point of the series where she got where she got to. Um, a series that she did see the entirety of, though, is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Of course and, you have to include that. You just have yes. to slip that in there, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you follow Caitlin or I on Twitter, like you would have seen that Jess and I, along with uh, her co-host Brie Leach, we've been bullying Caitlin into watching Buffy. Um, it hasn't really stuck yet, <laughs> but... We, we touched on a little bit of that in this episode. It was a pretty long tangent, though, so we decided to cut it out, but we are putting that clip out exclusively to, to our patrons at the $2 level or above, so you can listen to that tangent over on patreon.com slash alwaysothpod. Caleb is ready to tell us to shut up, but yeah. <laughs> no. Speaking of Patreon, uh, we have a lot of awesome bonus stuff and early access episodes on there because we will be taking a holiday break until early February, but if you are subscribed to Patreon, you can access all that bonus content and early access episodes as we upload them right now, basically. And you can also access exclusive content, such as Royal Review, where we have unfiltered, unedited conversations about the Drama Queens podcast, which is a 
One Tree Hill Rewatch podcast featuring the likes of Hillary Burton Morgan, Bethany Joy Lads, and Sophia Bush. And that's a ton of fun. Yes. <laughs> Listening to that podcast and then talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is like unfiltered and unedited. So like we mean that. So, like, we go off on all of our tangents. So pretty much like that's like a gold mine of content. It, we... we talk about literally everything under the sun sometimes we don't even talk about the podcast we just like go completely off script there isn't even a script actually we shouldn't even say that (laughs) we just start talking and go through each episode (laughs) and also over on patreon we have our first episode of baker soundstage which is a patreon exclusive podcast where we talk about movies that are related to one tree hill and our very first one was on john tucker must die Starring a young lady who you may be familiar with. Her name is Sophia Bush. <laughs> uh-huh. Say it right, Jeremy. Say it right. <laughs> so, 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 Sophia Bush. That joke, this joke doesn't even work because I just said her name correctly earlier, but whatever. Um, <laughs> But in addition to that, you also get access to our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners. And a lot of the conversations are really fun in there. Come chat with us. Be our friends. And it's not even all One Tree Hill related, (laughs) actually. (laughs) It's not. It is wonderful. Yeah, I I recently went in there and I asked everybody for uh, who... There's like this uh, website to figure out like which celebrity you share your sun and moon signs with. So I posted a link in there. Nobody responded to it yet, but... (laughs) I, I want to know which celebrity you share your sun and moon signs with, so please, like, come in there, tell me all that. I really want to hear about it. This is very important information. <laughs> it really is. I share a sun and moon with Avril Lavigne, and Caitlin shares a sun and moon with uh, Michelle Obama. Which is, like, an honor. <laughs> yeah. An absolute so, honor. Once again, the website is patreon.com. Slash always O-T-H pod. That's always O-T-H-P-O-D. But enough about all this. Come on. Let's move on (laughs) to the important stuff, which is our conversation with Jess. Yes. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. Dan tries to make a deal with Lucas that he will leave Keith and Jules alone if Lucas moves in with him. Additionally, Dan wants to prove he can be a good dad. Lucas tells Karen that his HCM results are negative, but that he also wants to move in with Dan. Karen is extremely confused and upset by his odd decision. We later find out that Lucas's HCM results are actually positive, and the real reason he moved in with Dan is because Dan is paying for his medication. Nathan sees the messages that Taylor, pretending to be Haley, was sending to Chris. He confronts Haley about it, and she explains to him that it was Taylor doing it behind her back. They both agree to tell Taylor that she has to leave. Peyton and Jake return to Tree Hill and are a cute, cozy family. Haley confides in Peyton that her connection with Chris is just with music. Peyton gets the records to play a trick, and Chris Keller ends up being the opening act. Nathan confronts Chris backstage and tells him that Haley isn't interested in him. But Chris plants more doubt in Nathan's mind about Haley's love for him. Chris tells Haley that Michelle Brandt wants her to come on tour with them, and that they leave in a couple of hours. Haley tells Nathan that she wants to go on the tour, but that it has nothing to do with Chris. He asks if she kissed Chris, and she says yes. 
but it that it didn't mean anything. Nathan says her relationship is over if she goes on tour. Haley leaves to go on tour, and Nathan tries to stop her, but he's already too late. Plus, she left her Cracker Jack bracelet behind. <laughs> so sad. After finding out about Keith's engagement, Karen tells him that she's jealous of Jules because she spent so much of her life always counting on Keith to be there for her, and that things will be different now. Keith reassures her that they will always be in each other's lives. Brooke and Erica Marsh campaign for student body president, and the campaigning quickly goes negative. And Mouth tells Brooke that he was the one who smashed her windshield, and Brooke says she doesn't think they can be friends anymore. Preparing my campaign speech for Brooke for President, I'm Caitlin Elinich. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and this episode is perfect for my campaign launch party. Seriously, Caitlin, <laughs> wow, we both have the very similar <laughs> intros, and wow, all right, that has never happened before. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> and looking for an autograph, I'm Jess Kohler. Oh, nice. <laughs> Are you looking for an autograph from us? Because, I mean, we're not that excited. Absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking I want an autograph from you, Jess, personally, because, <laughs> come on, we love Jess over here. She's fucking fabulous. Aww. Yes, You're she's so our sweet. special guest. Anyway, Jess, so tell us a little bit about how you got into One Tree Hill. When did you start watching it, and uh, how far into the show have you gotten? Because we talked a little bit off mic beforehand, and you haven't actually seen the entire series at this point. I have not. So my introduction, actually, um, I remember when One Tree Hill started. It was my freshman year of college, and I knew I had wanted to watch it. And then for some reason... I don't know if I like missed the first episode or something happened and I like missed the beginning. And this is before like Brie taught me to use a VCR and like actually record on it. <laughs> and it was before. <laughs> I know. I didn't know that till junior year. Um, but and it was before streaming and stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Apparently I'm not watching this show. And then come along to junior year. Uh, so season three, the very first episode I ever watched was a two parter. And it was a very intense two-parter. I don't want to give it away of what happens, but it's a two-parter that's very intense that probably had some viewer discretion. Uh, mm, I think I know what you're talking about. It happened in high school. Yeah, that was my introduction to One Tree Hill. And to be fair, I'm not sure I actually watched the second part because I watched it with Brie and her roommates at the time. And, and I don't remember if I saw the second half then. So fast forward to a couple of years ago, my husband and I were watching it. Uh, he, I think he'd seen the whole thing or part of it. And so we went back and we started wa- like doing a rewatch. And we got somewhere to like mid-season four, maybe the end of season four, beginning season five. And then for some reason, we just didn't finish it. I, I think maybe we moved and just got distracted. It happens. But yeah, so that's that was my intro to, to One Tree Hill. Oh, wow. We're going to have to unpack a little bit about those episodes in the spoiler segment with you because... Absolutely. Damn. If if it's what I'm thinking it is, I'm I'm pretty (laughs) sure you have similar thoughts, right? I feel like I can't say much in reaction to this. That's cool. why I was struggling to tell you what it was because I'm like, how do I do this without spoiling? I mean, I guess I could have looked at the episode title. That would have been helpful. <laughs> oh my god. Well... We'll chat about that later because, yeah, damn. That's wild, though, because you watched it, like, early on, but you haven't seen the whole thing still. Yeah, 
pretty no, much. Like, you're not a newbie, but you kind of are. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> For at least the later seasons. <laughs> yeah. Like, and at this point, like, I probably know some spoilers. I'm not terribly worried about spoilers. But I do turn your podcast off before you go into the spoiler section because I never know how far you're going to be talking about it. That's that's very fair, because we do talk about the entire series, but for this spoiler segment, because you'll be joining, we'll try not to talk past season five. <laughs> yeah, we won't give anything <laughs> major away. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yeah. You know, I'll just insert, like, you know, occasional things, like the fact that, like, you know, Nathan Haley die <sighs> in season and, six. And um, then everybody <laughs> dies, and um, Felix is the solo character, is the episode I was just listening to. <laughs> I mean, dude, the spoilers. <laughs> Felix becomes the star of the show at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, it's it's wild that we even go there. <laughs> you guys are going to give everyone a heart attack. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this is traumatic. Well, the traumatic part is the, fa- the fact that Felix becomes the lead of the show. That's what you mean, right? That would be the most traumatic part. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this episode is named after the song by the Ataris, The Hero Dies in this one. And what did everybody think about this song? So I felt like it was a good mid-2000s kind of like emo song. That's the vibe that I got from it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It just reminded me of that era of music. I thought the lyrics, so I listened to the lyrics before I actually listened to the song itself. And I thought the lyrics were very appropriate. I was reading, I'm thinking, like, this is such a pretty song. It's about a breakup, which, you know, that does happen at the end of this episode. And we'll cry about that later. Oh. But, like, listening to the song itself, I'm like, this is kind of weirdly upbeat for me. And I didn't really know what to do with that. <laughs> You thought it was upbeat, really? I, I feel like it was a little bit more up-tempo than I, than I was expecting. I was expecting this really slow-moving ballad, uh, you know, after True. just oh, from yeah, reading the lyrics. Definitely not that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't, like, it wasn't okay. slow like that, no. Yeah. Well, see, I knew this song going into this. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so I, I like this song. Um, I thought it was really fitting, especially for, like, Nathan and Haley uh, and everything that happens this episode, but... Um, it was kind of fun to dive a little deeper into the lyrics because, like, I've heard the song before. Um, the Ataris were really big when we started college uh, in the early 2000s. So they actually played at our school, and I went to the concert. Really? But their opening act did nothing but, like, scream. And so I had to leave before they actually went on stage. Oh, like, no. Like, my ears, I, I it hurt my ears so bad. And I had, I was a music major, um and i had uh like a performance test the next day i'm like i'm not gonna be able to pass this this test if i can't hear because of these guys just like screaming into the mics oh jeez oh wow wait do you remember who the opening act was just out of curiosity i really don't i i (laughs) I have a couple of friends i could ask but i i have no idea who the opening was probably some unknowns (laughs) yeah All, all i know is i wasn't really a fan (laughs) (laughs) it's just like it traumatized you for life oh that's unfortunate (laughs) yeah so i would agree with you jess that this song was really fitting for nathan and Haley, and the fact that Haley's leaving and also lucas is leaving karen too so i feel like all these characters are kind of going through like these big moments that are in a way similar 
I wasn't even thinking about that. I, I feel like, you know, whenever I hear about the title of this episode, the hero dies in this one, I always associate it with Nathan, but I guess you could say Karen is also the hero as well. Yeah. Well, and I, I even noted that like on kind of secondarily, you could make an argument that it's a little bit about Karen and Keith on some level too. Really? With everything that happens with Jules and like the, the conversation that she has with him later. But that was more a, more of a loose association. I mean, it definitely screamed Nathan and Haley to me when when I first listened to it. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. that's true because like they're saying goodbye to each other in, in a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah. But like Keith has fully moved on, and I guess Karen has too. But like they have to come to terms that like nothing is happening between them anymore. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good point. Oh wow. Okay, the two of you are much smarter than me and thought very deeply about this. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to move on to a topic that I can talk very deeply about. Um, (laughs) Jake is back in town and he is wearing a very tight tank top. (laughs) Which is exactly how I have it written down in the script. Thank you very much. Caitlin and Jess can confirm. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah, with a smiley face with the heart eyes. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to give them the emoji credit, too, because it's totally there. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nothing much happens with Jake, uh, except for the fact he asks uh, PS Whitey to speak to Principal Turner on his behalf so he can come back to school. I feel like a lot of Jake scenes are just sort of, like, padded in because, you know, maybe the episode was too short and they just had to, like, pad in the run time, personally. But I still like the moment at the end when... He's like, you know, he's in bed with Peyton. He takes he takes off his shirt, and then they just look at each other so tenderly. And then they're in bed together with Jenny, and Jenny is in between them, and they're just like cuddling. It is so cute, and I can't help myself. It is adorable. It was really cute. But did anybody else get like any amount of anxiety that they were gonna like accidentally crush Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> I did actually. I'm like, you're you're not supposed to have a young child on the bed like that with you, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't know. And like, they were kind of like spooned around her, but it made me a little bit nervous. I mean, yeah, that is true. Cause especially cause she's supposed to be like six months old at this point. Right. Yeah. She seemed a little small for how old she was supposed to be, but you know, babies are cute. So yeah, that wow. doesn't really match up. You're right. <laughs> oh, another inconsistency on one tree hill. We put one out every week. <laughs> Who knows how old, like, you know, in the next episode, Jenny could be, like, you know, 24, you know, and... I mean... That's, like, how old she is now, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The actress. (laughs) Yeah. Somehow Peyton and Jake are still in high school, Jenny is 24, you know, it's... You know, you you just do what you want at the end of the day. Um. (laughs) Gotta love it. (laughs) Yeah, I like how those storylines... It really wasn't a storyline. It was just basically Jake's return to Tree Hill with Peyton. Yeah. And that's, I don't think it really goes too much deeper than that. It just kind of continues the story of them being together. And the fact that Jake is staying put and he's going to see, you know, what happens with Nikki, basically. Yeah. yeah. He's not running anymore. And that's important to say, too. As far as I'm coming back to school, though, I don't want to reveal spoilers, but I don't think the storyline really goes beyond this whole conversation with Whitey, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't think so. Hmm. I guess it's just, I don't know if there needed to be anything more than what there was. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Brooke Davis for president. She has my vote. Sam. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like that this episode shows, like, Brooke is... It's like giving Brooke something, like, a passion, basically. And I like that. Because I feel like we haven't really seen that with her character so far. Like, this is something that she really, really wants. Yeah, absolutely. And we see her uh, cross paths with Erica Marsh, played by Catherine Bayless, who is best known for the 2002 cinematic musical masterpiece from Justin Kelly. That's why she looked familiar. <laughs> I don't know that at all. <laughs> Does anybody remember from Justin Kelly? I couldn't Besides, tell you the storyline. <laughs> But I do remember watching it. Yeah. So she plays the mean girl that like tries to get in between Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini. I unapologetically love that movie. And you know what? Like, I just I just don't care. I got to live my truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a fun I've movie. I've never seen that. It really? <laughs> Caitlin, do you want to do an episode of Baker Soundstage where we talk about from <laughs> Justin <and> Kelly? No. <laughs> because <laughs> you're adding way too many movies to our roster and I, just, I can't keep up with it <laughs> the movie is the movie's very interesting now anyway like yeah Catherine Bayless is also known for Hallmark movies she still works I'm not gonna say she's best known for that I don't want to downplay her career by any means but every time I see Erica Marsh I always think about from Justin the Kelly <laughs> she plays a good character in, on One Tree Hill yeah for sure um how about her smear campaign though <laughs> I know, because that went dirty real fast. Like, geez. Revealing Brooke's GPA? Which, how did she get that? She has a connection. Maybe she has connections to Principal Turner or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She strikes me as somebody who would, like, you know, kiss, like, all the teacher's asses and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Which, Oh, definitely. Teacher's pet. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely like that. I was Erica Marsh back then. (laughs) No, you weren't. Okay, maybe I wasn't, like, conniving with, like, the smear campaigns and everything, yeah. Yeah, absolutely um, not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did have a moment in high school when there when I was the president of the Gay-Straight Alliance. That's what I was just going to say. And, you were president of that. <laughs> yes, I was. And after being president for a year, there was this pr- new person who just showed up to one meeting and decided to run against me. And that was a whole thing. Understandably. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, did I ever tell you about that, Caitlin? Maybe back in the day, I mean, I don't yeah. remember all that now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, and I'm gonna bleep out that name. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, oh, you have to, you're gonna have to remind me of this later. I, that name is slightly familiar. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, like she ran against me and I remember there was like this whole entire... It, it wasn't like, it didn't go to like smear campaigns. We weren't like, you know, tearing each other down or anything like that. But I remember feeling like, like who was this person trying to take my job away from me, you know? So basically, <laughs> this person was Brooke. Basically, yeah. So I, I, I feel like I, you know, I don't know. I, I felt kind of bad for Erica in that regard. Because, you know, she's in president's seventh grade. Come on. Yeah. She clearly felt threatened by Brooke and that she took it negative so fast. I mean, she was kind of clever about it, but I liked how Brooke responded, especially after, like, when she talked to Lucas and he's like, well, you know, own it. And she did. And it was really clever. I, you know, give her, give her props for that. For sure. Yeah. And who needs to be the president for seven years or whatever it was till, till, since second grade? Does the same person really need to be 
How, however many sec- years that is. It wasn't I thought you said grade? seven. I don't even know second graders would have a president, yeah. but maybe they do. You know I've been president since seventh grade, oh, you know, right? Seventh grade. Okay. That makes more sense. We had, like, grade representatives in elementary school. So, like, there was a second grade class rep and a third grade class rep, and then I think you had to be a fifth grader to be president. Interesting. And what did the student, what did these uh, representatives do? I have absolutely no idea. I just remember there is this one kid named Skyler who I I think he was president, but I like a couple, his, his slogan was always "Reach for the sky" because his name was Skyler, and, and I like ah. stuck in my brain from elementary school, and that's that the only so part of it that I remember. Oh my god. I thought you were about to say he was like a Toy Story fan or something, and I'm like, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story didn't exist in elementary school for me. Oh. <laughs> Way to make me feel old, Jeremy. True. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was about to say, we're, when did Toy, Toy Story came out in like 96? Yeah, like I... Okay, I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want I don't want Chats to feel older. <laughs> um, but uh, Brooke also asked for help from Lucas, and I really appreciated these scenes that occurred between the two. And did anyone else notice some tension going on there? Yeah, Felix seemed like he was getting his his feelings hurt a little bit, especially there at the end uh, yeah. when they were yeah. working on her campaign speech. You asked me to pick you up, or what did he say? He said, like, you asked me to pick you up before a trick. Yeah. And then Brooke, like, oh my god, it's what time is it? You know, we lost track of time because, of course, like, she'd rather spend time with Lucas because Lucas is far superior, let's be honest here. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, completely. And I gotta talk... Uh, Caitlin, you and I talked a little bit about this off mic. Felix is just so boring in these like sh- <laughs> in this string of episodes. Yeah, he he doesn't really add anything. He's like a background character, basically. Yeah. What are your Felix thoughts, Jess? Like in general, he's... like this entire season. Yeah, you know, he's kind of a creep. But he's got that whole like bad boy vibe that they're trying to play, which I think was especially when this came out was like the focus of a lot of stuff is like, oh, the bad boy and all that. Um, I'm not his biggest fan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like in the earlier episodes, like, yeah, like, you know, we, we all like fucking hated him. But at least there was something to talk about. But I feel like in these episodes, it's just like he's just sort of there. He's just there to make her campaign buttons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's just there with Brooke. Like, I feel like earlier in the season, he had storylines with other characters, mm-hmm. but now it's just like, he's with Brooke now, and I don't know, he's just helping her with things, and he's really been sidelined, I think, which mm-hmm. I'm not complaining yeah. about, but <laughs> it is a lot different, because he came in like a tornado, basically, <laughs> into season two. And now and he's like, fizzled out. Yeah, he has. Com- basically, completely fizzled out. As you say, I'm not completely mad about that, but it's it's very clear that Brooke is not 100% into this relationship. We can see that at this point. Yeah. Especially we get those that look between her and Lucas at Trick later in mm-hmm. the episode, and that was just, I don't know, I thought that was very significant. Yeah. yeah. It is so cute. It is so, mm. 
y'all know I'm a Bruka shipper. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jess? Who do you yeah, ship? What, who do you ship? <laughs> oh, this is dangerous territory. Um, <laughs> I already know who Bree ships, so like, yeah, like, are, are you Team Caitlin or Team Jeremy? <laughs> So this is as as much as I remember, like when I very first watched it, I remember being very much uh, Peyton and Lucas, like a big, like big team Caitlin on that one. But in rewatching it, and I've been pretty much keeping pace with your guys's podcast, so I haven't like watched super far ahead to like refresh my memory on anything. Um, I'm a little bit more team Jeremy this time around than I think I was before. Well, especially because I think, I think Jeremy, I think I messaged you or I I was tweeting with you guys. And I remember really liking Peyton the first time I watched it. And this time it took me about five episodes before I wanted anything to do with her. Like I really didn't like her in the beginning. Um, And I don't know, you know, I'm a little bit older now. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I, I definitely like the the dynamic with Brooke and Lucas this this season or well this this watch I should say. Yeah, for sure. Okay, all right, Jeremy, gloat already. <laughs> Let's just see it. Get it out of your system. So <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's I mean that's always my big thing with uh, Brooke and Lucas. I like that it naturally becomes a love story where these two people ends up coming together and realize that they do have feelings for each other. Because, like, like, honestly, who ships Brooke and Lucas, like, from season one? I feel like very few people do. Yeah. Because she was just, you know, Brooke was positioned as a distraction for, you know, against Peyton. And mm-hmm. I feel like in this season, like, you really start to see these characters grow together. And it's really exciting to say. Yeah. Well, just to see Brooke from the very beginning to now, like, they've given her character so much more depth and so many more angles, and especially with her presidential campaign, like, we're getting to see a deeper side of her. And she even talks about it, you know, in her voiceover at the end, um, mm-hmm. or, well, in what she says to Luke, and then in her voiceover, like, I I don't know, I like it. I, I like seeing this side of her. For sure. I totally agree with you. Brooke was, and we've said this before, she was rather, like, one-dimensional and in mm-hmm. um season one and we've gotten to see different sides to her and i like the chemistry between lucas and brooke even though i am a latent shipper i i've already admitted this <laughs> you know i i do like it because it's feeling more natural than it did before mm-hmm. and they're actually like they feel like friends right now yeah We'll get her to join our side, Jess, eventually. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, the, we'll see about that. By the that. time we get further on, right? Like, she'll she'll come over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I changed my tune on this rewatch. Yeah. True. Say. So, oh, boy. It can happen. That would be the biggest, like, compliment ever if that happens. Like, by the time we're finished with this podcast, Caitlin's like, you know what? I kind of like Brooke. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'll be like, wow. This will be like such a great full circle of rewarded moment for me. Um, He's already planning it out. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we'll touch back on this in like seven years. You know, whenever we finish seven this podcast. Yeah. Who knows at this point? <laughs> We got a long ways to go, Jeremy. <laughs> yes. Do you want to talk about Mouth and his big confession? Yeah. Um. Before we get into that, though, I wanna I wanna note something, Caitlin. We I talked a little bit about this in previous episodes. Um. 
the last time we saw Mouth and Brooks together, it was at that um that formal. And they were completely on the outs with their friendship. And then at the beginning of this episode, the two of them are fine. I know, because Brooke approaches Mouth at school when they were outside. Yeah. And, like, the audience could see that he was kind of, like, weird about it. Yeah. So, was that, like, Brooke's way of just, like, like, hey, you know what? Like, let's just put aside, like, the fact that we're, like, not really friends right now. But uh, let's let's chat. Can we? Can you help me with my campaign? Yeah, you know, I really wonder what the writers intended there, because time has passed between that episode and now. Did they think we were going to forget? (laughs) Like, that's kind of my thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the second time this has happened, too. There was uh, also that issue with Anna, how her and Peyton were on the outs, and then the next episode, uh, Anna's like... Um, so I think Peyton's avoided me. I'm like, you said you didn't want to be friends with her in a previous episode. What's happening here, Anna? So there's a lot of inconsistencies this season that I just have to call out in that regard. Yeah, yeah there have been a lot that we've called out. A lot of them. <laughs> and this one doesn't make a lot of sense because this fight between Brooke and Mouth was like a big deal. Like she was basically mm-hmm. telling him that he's a bad guy. Yeah, And then now suddenly, like, we're supposed to just move on from that and forget about it, and they're okay? Like, they resolve things off screen, maybe? I I don't know. But obviously, Math still has guilt for the windshield. Understandably. Right. Like, he absolutely should. And I do like that he ends up coming clean about it, which, let's talk a little bit about that confession. That was really sad. Made me so sad. I know, and... I'm glad he confessed, and I'm sure, like, he felt relieved to confess that, but then they both basically acknowledged that things are too weird now, like, they can't really be friends moving forward. It's, Mm -hmm. like, a really sad realization. Well, and they both seemed so sad about it. Like, Brooke is, like, hardly, like, making sound when she's like, I don't think we can be friends anymore, like... I just got shells just hearing you just, like, recite that line, actually. (laughs) It's just, it's so devastating (laughs) to hear that. And then that's when she transitions. She says, I thought I knew you, but I don't. Yeah. And then, you know, then she transitions to our campaign speech. Imagine if someone did that to you, like literally smashed in your windshield. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, like, like her, her reaction's actually pretty mild for that part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, would, I think I would be a little more angry than that. But the fact too that it, they filmed it through the with the in the reflection like the mirror I thought was a really interesting choice in the in how they did this scene. Oh yeah, I'm trying to picture it in my head. Yeah, is so, that supposed to be saying something? The fact that it's through a mirror. Well, so one of my roommates in college at one point was a like a theater major, and she called out one of one of one of my favorite movies at the time was simply Irresistible. Um, and they have Sarah a Michelle lot Geller. of like oh yes um but they have a lot of scenes that are shot with like mirrors in them or through mirrors or the reflection in a mirror and she was telling me about how it's supposed to be like introspective and like reflective of like internal thoughts and everything and there's like all this symbolism behind mirrors and everything so seeing mm. the way that they chose to do this, like with Brooks starting to practice her speech in the mirror to then mouth coming in behind her, we see the whole interaction through a mirror. I feel like there could be a lot said there with with that choice of, ha- of instead of doing like straight on, like looking at Brooke head on and like having mouth come up behind her. Oh, 
Jeremy really likes the symbolism whenever there is some in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I never even, I never clock that, honestly. That's great. I wouldn't have noticed it had she not said something about it in Simply Irresistible. And that's just like something, anytime there's like a mirror in a, in a show or a movie, it like catches my attention. Interesting. I need to rewatch that movie. I have that on DVD, actually. It's, just it's like, so good. Yeah. <laughs> that's something else I have not seen. <laughs> oh, it's good. But you need like, pastries when you eat it it'll make you hungry <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god it stars caitlin it stars uh, sarah michelle Geller, who you may know as uh, buffy the vampire slayer a show that both me and jess have been trying to get you to watch i'm um, just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna watch it I, I have watched <laughs> the pilots too many times <laughs> and just never gotten past it <laughs> oh you got it you got to get past that. I feel yeah. like the pilot's a little rough. Yeah, Jess, I think you and, I, I, I think you and I both agree that I feel like just get after getting through season one, you're yes. in for such an incredible journey after that. And not that to you knock season one, but it didn't age as well as the rest of the show. Like, okay, I it's on my list. I I feel like I've said it's on my list for a year now. I feel like we talked about this. Yes, <laughs> like, we've been talking about it on the podcast forever. Um, by the way, like I just as a random aside, we'll get into this a little bit later. Um, but Jess, I don't know if you saw my tweet about 45 minutes before we started recording. Um, but I made the realization that Michelle Branch guest starred on a sad episode of Buffy and a sad episode of One Tree Hill. And I just put those two pieces together. (laughs) Oh my God. I did not see that, but you are a hundred percent right. <laughs> because I always associate this episode with the Wreckers, but then I'm like, that is Michelle Branch. Oh shit. Yeah. Michelle Branch was on Buffy? What? See now you have to watch. Yeah, she she has a she has a musical performance that is very, very gut wrenching. And it's it's sort of a very sad scene on Buffy, and that's all we'll say. I wonder yeah. if I know. I'm thinking of a really sad song of hers, so I wonder if it's that. I mean, it's not a spoiler to you. It's goodbye like, to you. Yep, that's the song I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the yeah. saddest song ever. Ugh. Such a good song, though. It's oh, it so is great. so good. It's just, like, really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Lucas moves in with Dan. This is so... I have a lot of thoughts about this. This is really cringeworthy to me. Because, like, as the audience, you think one thing, and then you see Karen be so confused about why he wants to move in with Dan. And then at the end, there's a whole twist on the real reason why Lucas is in with Dan. So there's a lot of different, like, aspects of this whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you, uh, Kayla, did you see the deleted scenes for this? I did. Which one are you referring to? So there's a moment where uh, Keith gets his negative results letter and he's telling Lucas about it. And then Keith just tosses the letter into the trash. And then you see Lucas like look into the trash like, oh, yeah. So like that's kind of like a foreshadowing moment that makes you realize like, oh, like, let me 
I should use that to hide my HCM, but then they all decided that was, like, too much too soon, so they completely omitted that. I'm glad they admitted it, because I like the twist at the end. The twist is a little bit more effective, definitely, yeah. Yeah, but that kind of explains things a little bit more, but they end up explaining it anyway, because Dan asks Lucas, how did you convince your mom? And that's when he says, like, I took Keith's letter. Mm -hmm. So, like... They found another way to explain it. And that stupid little smirk on his stupid face when he's like, oh, Lucas is a little bit like me. It's very yeah, devious. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I would say you to be so duplicitous. Yeah. I was like. And then Lucas is like, guess I am your son after all. Oh, gosh. I really don't like Dan. Yeah. I don't think anybody really likes him, but. <laughs> we love to hate him. Yep. Basically. You know, it's it's so funny to think about, though, just. How uh, how Dan's like, oh, you're just like me. I feel like that would have been more appropriate during season one, because we did see Lucas start to go on a journey where he was becoming like Dan. And now, like, Lucas has moved so far beyond that, that it, like, you know, it kind of looks like he's regressing. The fact that, like, Lucas is, mani- is being manipulative and everything. But we know it's out of character for him to be manipulative. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's- yeah. No, it definitely would have been more fitting then. Mm-hmm. You're right, it is out of character, but it also goes to show the lengths that Lucas is going to to try to protect his mom. Yeah. But really, is it protecting her? No. But, like, I guess his 17-year-old brain thinks that it is. Like, she's never going to find out, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that he's going to be able to keep the secret forever. I I don't get why, like, his mom wanted him to take the test. His mom knew, like, obviously there's a 50% chance, so, like... Her son very well could have it. Why doesn't he feel like he can tell her the truth? I just, I don't get that. And he wants to confide in Dan. Well, I also think there's the extra layer that Dan says he'll leave Keith and Jules alone. Yeah. So I feel like he's also protecting his uncle at the end of the day as well. So the reason, yeah, we were led to believe that the whole time. That's why he was moving in. So like, there's two reasons now instead of just... The first reason. And Dan's more selfish than Lucas. So Karen's just going to want to protect him and do whatever, you know, like letter to the, to the letter of what the doctors tell him. And mm-hmm. he's going to have more leeway with Dan because because that's who Dan is. Yeah, you're right. right. Karen would be really protective and, you know, want Lucas to be safe. But like Dan, he's getting I mean, he's getting Lucas the medication that he needs. But it is different. You're right. That's that's a good point. Which I imagine the medication is very expensive as well because, you know, America's healthcare system. <laughs> that's yeah. a whole nother rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into a side tangent yeah. about that. <laughs> that could take the entire rest of the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> It's like, I don't, how did like this One Tree Hill podcast became a uh, podcast about America's healthcare system? What's going on? Uh, (laughs) It's amazing the side tangents we can go on, really. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I just feel so bad for Karen. Mm -hmm. Because she's so confused about why Lucas is leaving. She doesn't get it. And Lucas can't give her an answer. And I don't get how he doesn't feel guilt for that. I just would put myself in Lucas's situation and I'm like, I would feel so terrible if I didn't tell my mom. I think he does feel guilty, though. 
because there's like this really like subtle moment when he's packing his bags and then Karen is like telling him to unpack and then he's he just says no and then Karen's like come on Lucas we can fight this and then Lucas is like no you can't and there's just so much hurt in his eyes I actually really appreciate Chad's performance in that scene yeah it's really good well and he's got such a hero complex like yes like it's more subtle than a lot of shows with people with hero complexes, but like he he's playing hero right here, like for Keith and Jules, mm-hmm. for his mom, like. I, but I, I agree with you, Jeremy. I think he still feels guilty about it. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. He does feel guilt. I I think the desire to protect his mom and to protect Keith outweighs that guilt, though. Yeah, because he because he's going to Dan ultimately. But yeah, you're you're right. He does feel bad about his mom. I mean, his mom is so upset when she's telling him to stay and that they'll fight Dan together. Like, oh my gosh, it like breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. And then we see at the ads when she's uh she goes to Andy's door, she gives him a big hug, and she's like, He's gone, and now I don't know what to do. That was heartbreaking. Which on like a somewhat like related note to that, um, I feel like that was like a very good moment for Andy to see that Karen does care about him and that Karen came running to him. Because we see like a few moments here and there where she's having like these little side conversations with Keith. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy sees uh, Karen and Keith hugging each other and everything. And I think it was very nice for Andy to see that Karen needs him. Yeah. yeah. That kind of strengthens her relationship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, he's the one she ran to, not Keith. Exactly. And speaking of, I think this is a good point to talk about Karen and Keith. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Let's go on. Because in this episode, Karen and Keith, in a way, kind of say goodbye to each other. Because Karen admits to Keith that she's jealous of Jules and the fact that he'll always be there for Jules when he used to always be there for Karen. I mean, as a friend, but still Mm -hmm. like she could always count on him and now things they basically just acknowledge that things are going to be different yeah yeah but they'll still be in each other's lives but it'll just it'll be different exactly oh what is karen and keith ship name i'm just just thinking about that i love how you said something very deep and that's where my thought goes (laughs) (laughs) that's true they both are k's so that's kind of tricky um, Kareth. <laughs> yeah, how would you do that when it's the same letter? <laughs> Kieran. That sounds a little bit too much like Kieran Hutchins. Hutchins yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, that's weird. Yeah, how can you? How can you do it? Listener, send us your suggestions. We would love to hear. Yeah. Kareth. Kareth. <laughs> or I don't know. Or. There has to be a ship Ethan. name for it, though. <laughs> I don't know. There has yeah, to be. and I'm just realizing that. I'm like, I don't think there is one. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Or we could do, yeah. like, the last name, first name, like we do with Devro. <laughs> yes. We have no Devro in this episode, but... We do not, because there is no Deb. So sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Rose Scott. No, that's just dumb. But cool. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. You can follow Always and Forever on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com, right? That's the end of the episode, right? I would be so much happier if it was. <laughs> oh my gosh, the good stuff. Let's get into it. <laughs> the good stuff, Caitlin. I, I think we need How to it's... redefine your definition of good. <laughs> well, it's it's good to talk about. Um, oh, definitely. Not so happy, oh, yeah. but it, yes. there's some good storylines. 
<laughs> oh gosh, the Nelly fans are going to be after me now. <laughs> <laughs> so far, nobody has come after us with pitchforks. I thought people would come after us when we like said that we liked Chris Keller. <laughs> but... He's a good character. I don't like him in terms of Haley, but he, I mean, he's an interesting character. Yeah, oh, for, for sure. sure. Jess, what do you, you know, because we haven't had you on the previous episodes, what do you make of, like, Nathan Haley's arc this season? And for the series in general, if you want to go off on a tangent. No spoilers. Um, that makes this tricky. <laughs> um, I, like, going into, like, the rewatch on season two, like, I remember, th- like, this particular storyline, and I remember how it went. So it was like, oh, like... I love all the extra moments we get with them, but then, like, I know where it's going. I think it's really well written. I mean, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, oh, they just got married. Let's immediately try and break them up. But, I mean, it makes for good TV. Um, Right. But particularly this episode, um, as heartbreaking as it is, it was, I thought it was really well written in, like, these later scenes that we're getting to with Nathan and Haley. I particularly liked uh, Nathan's scenes uh, when we had that flashback to the very, very beginning and then him running home. And I mean, you see the shadow moving in the room and then it's Taylor and my heart shattered and it's just (sighs) so sad. So is this the reason why you chose this episode to come on our podcast? These (sighs) storylines? I chose it honestly because it was the Michelle Branch episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. It, it had been a hot minute since I even like looked deeper into the episodes besides doing the watch. So like I didn't get to watch super far ahead when I was trying to decide, oh, what episode do I want to jump in on? So I was looking at summaries and I was more focused on the Michelle Branch. And then I, I was watching. I'm like, oh, this episode, this episode just like kills me. <laughs> Because I mean, I, I agree with like I know everything you guys have talked about about like the whole like teenage marriage thing, whatever. But but okay, suspending the disbelief there, like I'm I'm in this yeah. storyline, I'm in it, I'm I'm rooting for them, and this episode is just really rough. Uh, yeah, for sure. For them. Yeah, you pick such a feel good episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> you jump it on. It's a guess with us. I was really curious why you chose this one, but okay, the Michelle Branch thing makes sense. And then I feel like I understand. Yes, it's really sad. The Haley and Nathan storyline, but it does make for good TV. I'm going to admit that <laughs> it, it does. it's very it dramatic. Does. And yeah. I feel terrible for Nathan. I also feel bad for Haley because she wants to pursue this and she's being honest that she has nothing going on with Chris, even though well, she's semi being honest. <sighs> She doesn't have anything going on with Chris, but there was the kiss that she kept from Nathan until this episode, which I'm glad that she, like, didn't lie about that. So she was being honest. Yeah, um, we even see the moments where she's talking to Peyton. Yes, and, yes. You know, like, Peyton's, like, basically asking her, like, do you have feelings for him? And she's like, no, he just, he just understands me in a different way because of music and everything like that. And I feel like especially if you're navigating his feelings as a teenager, things can get very, very confusing. Because I feel like we have to remember sometimes that these are kids. Yeah. Their brain isn't fully formed in many ways. <laughs> they you know, they, they don't really know how to navigate life and things like this. Well, and especially how she describes it as like, 
they connect on a musical level. Like, I, I get that. Like, I really understand where she's coming from with that. And there's, especially with, like you said, the, the not fully formed dreams, they are kids. And that can be so, like, music just hits you so deeply sometimes. And if they're connecting on that level, it's just a whole nother layer to that. So I understand why she's confused and why she didn't push him away uh, when he kissed her. But I also, I, I think she is be, was being honest with, uh, with Peyton when she said no it's just he gets me on a different level because he has this musical background he speaks the same language I mean music is its own language and so of course she's going to connect with him differently than she does with Nathan yeah absolutely and I feel like there's a lot of layers to Nathan's ultimatum that he gives her because I, I remember like you know before jumping into the season like knowing what I know now just about life in general I was thinking like Nathan's definitely a bad guy Haley isn't but like rewatching this episode I, I think it's much more complicated than that because here's the deal like Nathan initially gives the ultimatum and then he, he says like okay if you go with Chris then it's over he then leaves and then he comes to his senses and realizes wait no I can't like I can't let her go. I need to like let her live her life. But then he comes back and realizes like, oh, she took the ultimatum and she decided to leave me. And that is very complicated. Yeah. That that's really, really hard. Also, he they both have cell phones, right? He could have called. <laughs> Somebody that's what I was thinking. People would just pick up their cell phones. It would be so much better. <laughs> I know. It was back like, in the day when you didn't need your cell phone everywhere. You <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But still. I was really thinking the same thing. Like, okay, she left. Then call her, you know? Yeah. Contact her. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. You came to your senses. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but Jeremy, I think you're right. Like, it does add a layer of complication because, yeah, he may have been ready to take back that ultimatum and be like, wait, 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 wait. That, that. No, I didn't mean it. But she didn't know that when yeah. she chose to go to that tour bus. And mm-hmm. that makes it oh so much oh, more complicated. Right. And, like so many yeah. more like kind of hurt my heart a little bit to see Nathan throw the keyboard against the wall. But I, mm-hmm. I get it because she didn't just leave. Like she left thinking that they were done. And she yeah. chose that over him. That makes it so much worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in her eyes, she's like, you know, I'm, she didn't necessarily say fuck Nathan, but in a way, she's like, you know what? He, my husband's not letting me live my dreams. You know what? I need to take some space. And mm-hmm. so the storyline is much more nuanced than I initially thought going into the season. Yeah, it really is. It's really tough because, yeah, Nathan's not really allowing Haley to be herself and, like, grow into this musician that she wants to be. Like, she wants to explore that part of herself. It's it's so complicated, <laughs> but like they're also just got married and like they're developing their relationship still. There's so many aspects to this. <laughs> there are mm-hmm. well, and he's been so supportive throughout so much of this season so far. Yeah, to get to this point, like, is hard to see. But you know, he's he's a teenager. Like we all have those moments, and he's a teenager. He gets like an extra excuse there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Adults change their minds all the time, so teenagers sure definitely do that. (laughs) We all say things in the heat of the moment that we're like, when we calm down, we're like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't mean that, or that was stupid, or that was unfair, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like, half the stuff I say on this podcast, like, when I listen back to them after edited, I'm like, I don't think that anymore. (laughs) 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 You know? (laughs) Like... 
you can't yeah you can't change your mind because like people are complicated emotions are complicated you can it's not always linear or anything yeah and was nathan really saying like we're done if you come if you leave we're done was he saying that because he meant it or because he was trying to get her to stay oh i think when he said it he meant it because right before that he told her he's like if this is what you want then you should go but this is the consequence of if you do like you're making that decision but I also have to make this decision like I mean he was actually really calm when he said it but I think that he was still like heavily emotional too which is why he came to his senses later yeah because maybe in his eyes he didn't like he probably thought like oh she's not gonna leave yeah that could also be a liar too and that it was just like this big like this big shock when he realizes wait no she did leave it's just so sad and you also see like a little bit of the pain in uh in nathan's eyes when he's watching Haley. um Haley is watching the records perform a trick and then she's you see her she's singing along to the lyrics nathan's like looking at her and he's realized that like you know what like i'm holding my wife back in many ways yeah because music is her life right now and he's just realizing that he might not have a place there well, and I'm glad you brought up that scene because you can really just see her connecting with the music and the lyrics in that moment. And it's, I think it's, like you said, it's really powerful that we see Nathan see that too. Again, there's not mm-hmm. any dialogue, but it is an important scene. Yeah. It also adds to the fact that Chris Keller is there. You know, that adds to any tension that there already was between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, oh, it, that Keller. makes things way more complicated. <laughs> like, it just keeps getting, the more we talk about it, the more complicated it gets. <laughs> yeah. Also, we haven't mentioned anything about Taylor, about how uh, Haley essentially uses Taylor as a scapegoat. Yeah, that wasn't her best look. Yeah. <laughs> and all the emails to Chris, which, you, th- you know, there were some moments where Taylor was sending some emails back and forth to Chris, but... You know, I guess Nathan didn't see that email that Taylor sent in the last episode where she says, I'm in love with Nathan, leave me alone. Yeah, were all of those messages, like, it's kind of unclear how many messages Haley herself actually sent Chris. Because she was claiming she only sent one when she talked to Nathan. And then the rest were Taylor. And if you looked, like, quickly when when the camera went to the computer screen, you could see, like, some of the titles, like, of the messages... Um, mm-hmm. I think one said something with like the word kiss was in it. <laughs> yeah, it, says, know- I, it said I want to kiss you. Yeah, yeah, and in other stuff like that had to be <laughs> Taylor, you know. Right. Well, wait, was that supposed to be a message from Taylor to? I thought it was a message I, from Chris. I thought it was a message from Chris. Yeah. Oh, those are all the messages from Chris. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. What's an email inboxes look like in 2003? I. I don't even know. I didn't have my first email address till 2006. <laughs> I was like a real late bloomer with all Wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a cell phone till, you know, 2007 or anything. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I was a late bloomer with technology. <laughs> I had a oh, cell wow. phone in 2003 when I went to college. A couple of my friends had them in high school. I didn't. But it was the weirdest yeah. culture shock to get out of class in college and walk around and everybody was like on their cell phones like their flip phones at the time 
Oh, yeah. Nobody was getting in trouble or getting their phones taken away. Like, it was because if you did that in high school, they would have confiscated your phones. At least that's how it worked. Um, I just remember remember, remember being like, wow, this is so different. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, our high school had a very strict, like, no cell phone policy, which, honestly, I... I never particularly liked that. Like, okay, don't text her in class. Okay, whatever. Be respectful, but come on. Yeah. My yeah. kids love their lives, you know? I know. I remember having my phone in my purse, <laughs> secretly texting or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember seeing, seeing people pull a little thing where, like, you know, your purse is right next to you and you just have your phone just, like, you know, just, just texting. Like, the purse yep. is covering up. The teacher can't say it, you know? <laughs> yep. Do we want to get back to the scene um, at Trick when Nathan confronts Chris? Yes, yeah. Which, oh gosh, why did Nathan go back there to talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good can come from this. But it's it's so hard because you can tell he trusted Haley. Like he 100% believed her. And he went back there with what he thought was the truth. And like Chris didn't exactly tell him oh, she lied, but, like, I mean, it was a little suspect, but, like, Nathan was, like, so convinced that she had told him the truth, and, like, he was defending her to to this guy, like, it made that scene so much harder for me. You're right, because Nathan, he, he did have confidence in Haley, and then Chris kind of plants that doubt in his Ugh. mind, like, your love might not be enough for Haley, or Haley's love, it might not be as much as you think it is, like, Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something. I know, which, about- I know which part you're talking about. Yeah, there's like a moment where he says like that there's some voice inside your head that's saying that we're drifting apart. Yeah. And I feel like that just really confirms like everything Nathan was feeling that he was avoiding up until this point. Yeah. And why did Chris have to say that? Obviously to cause drama, I know. But like, why did he right. really have to say that to Nathan? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. involved in this. Because it's a different story. It's like, you know, if uh, Chris was trying to be, like, supportive of Haley and her music and everything like that, maybe he could have, like, delivered a message like that. But did he really have to, like, insult their marriage like that? Well, and what is, what's he expecting to happen? How does he picture that going? Like, come on, dude, let's think a little more long term. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that Chris definitely has some type of romantic feelings toward Haley. Um, oh yeah. Whether it's whether it's reciprocated, that's uh, that remains to be seen. It's complicated. This entire story is complicated. I did like when Chris addressed Nathan in the room, asking him if he was looking for an autograph. I laughed really hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> he is such a jackass. <laughs> oh. He is, but it was just so funny. And that's what just—that's what makes him so fucking entertaining, and that's why we love our Chris Keller. He has so many good one-liners, really. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Chris Keller doesn't like this. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that line coming up, much, much, much later. <laughs> oh wait, we didn't talk about the fact that Haley left her fucking Cracker Jack bracelet behind. I know. Right after the flashback that just went through Nathan's mind, like when he saw the table, he, there was a flashback to that scene when they were tutoring and he gave her the bracelet. And then, of course, he runs back to the apartment and the bracelet's there. Like, that really sends a message. Yeah. 
Which I, I'm trying to think of like the the symbolism about what's trying to be said there because it's not like Haley left behind her wedding ring. But it has such a finality because that was like the very, very start of even friendship for them. Yeah, exactly. And she wore the bracelet. Like, didn't she and Lucas get into a fight because of the bracelet at one point, like early season one? Because of the... Yeah, it wasn't wasn't so much of a... Was it a fight? I think it was more like a... Just acknowledging the fact, like, oh, nice bracelet. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever, yeah. I remember there being something about the bracelet, but... Like, it's the first thing he ever gave her, and there's just, ugh. It's just such a, like, note of finality with it sitting there on that table. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to think of it, like, a little bit deeper, because that's what I like to do sometimes. Um, <laughs> or just overthink it, I guess you could say, is the best way to put it. <laughs> so Haley didn't leave behind her wedding ring, because, like, this is, like, the current state of her relationship with Nathan. But she did decide to leave behind, like, how the relationship began, because the relationship is different now. There, now there's like a completely new context, like how they can be together if they decide to stay together. Because, and I feel like leaving behind a bracelet was leaving behind a bracelet, but not leaving behind her wedding ring was a way of saying she's not completely done with the relationship, but she is done with some aspects of it. Ooh, I like where you're going with that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like where you're going with that too. It's like saying, okay, you said we're done, so here's that bracelet, but I still have my wedding ring. We're still married. Ooh. Yeah. I like where your head went. Which could be a whole thing like, hey, we're still married, so like, you know, we still like own property and everything like that. I mean, they don't really own property. <laughs> <laughs> like There's like legal issues here, so yeah, we're still fucking married, just so you know. I don't know. But yeah, maybe there's layers to that. I don't know. Hmm. I'm thinking, like I honestly I'm thinking about what you just said. Yes, but listeners, right in. Like, l- let me know if you think I am just overthinking shit. <laughs> it's almost like the bracelet serves as a reminder of, like, where they began and the relationship that they have, even more so than the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So it's almost her leaving it there. It's like, this is what we had. I don't know yeah. where I'm going with this either, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, like, thinking in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, the bracelet has a lot more history to it. Like, yeah, yeah, her wedding ring, okay, but, like, the bracelet has a lot more to it. Like you were saying, like, it means more. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the, yeah, that was the start of their relationship. It's, it's a lot. Who would ever think a little tiny little bracelet inside a little tiny little box of Cracker Jack would mean so much? Oh my gosh, yep, that's quite a symbol. I still have yet to find a bracelet in any of my Cracker Jack I'm boxes. just <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> Cracker Jack, please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, we, every time we bring up Cracker Jack on here. <laughs> like, you're getting free advertising, basically. You might as well pay us, because, <laughs> come on, I know you need all the help from this little indie podcast, but come on, Cracker Jack. <laughs> Reach out to us. Always OTHpod at gmail.com. Oh, my goodness. All right. Are we ready for this coda? Yes, let's do it. So the song that plays during this lovely coda is She Has No Time by Keen. And it is fucking heart-wrenching. 
and it kicks off with Brooke practicing her campaign speech. And it was just, this is right after her little discussion with Mouth. Then we see Nathan walk along the river, and then it cuts to Taylor comforting Haley by saying, I know what it's like to search for something more, Haley. That's why I'm always running. But then I've never had a Nathan to come home to. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And then they cut over to Nathan, continu- uh, where Nathan continues walking along the river, remembers the moment when he gifted Haley the iconic Cracker Jack bracelet, and then he runs. Doesn't call her, but runs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we then see Karen crying to Anzi about Lucas leaving, which validated their relationship, of course. Then Nathan enters the apartment and encounters Taylor, who says, I'm sorry, Nathan, she's gone. Make me cry. He sees that Haley left behind the Cracker Jack bracelet, then Taylor leaves the apartment. And then a slightly happier moment, we get Jake and Peyton putting their arms around each other as Jenny sleeps between them and is not suffocated. Hell <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Why did I say hell yeah? Like, hell yeah, baby's not getting suffocated. This is great. <laughs> Why do I say half the shit I say? That was such a cute, tender moment. I love it. Oh, I love it's that so moment. good. And Brad Greenberg's arms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Haley puts her bags under the bus and leaves for the tour. And her and Chris have like this little moment where Chris is like kind of being flirty, and Haley's like sort of like fuck off. <laughs> it's very, it's very subtle. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it moment. But I feel like that's making it very clear that like Haley's not leaving to be with Chris. She's leaving for the music. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Is it my turn? <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lucas talks to Dan about how he tricked his mom that he didn't have HCM, and then he needs Dan to keep footing the bill for the medication. Oh boy. <sighs> and then we end with Nathan gazing upon his wedding bulletin board and then grabs Haley's keyboard, throws it against the wall, and breaks it. And then he sits down and cries. Mm. The poor wedding wall. Yeah, which another moment of symbolism that I'm overthinking right here. <laughs> the There's a lot of moments in this episode. <laughs> um, so Nathan is using the keyboard that he bought for Haley to break that wedding wall so is that his way of like sort of self-sabotaging to be like hey this is the keyboard that i bought so therefore i wreck the marriage Ooh, i think it just represented music and he just wanted he just used that as a tool to destroy their wedding wall <laughs> yeah but he bought it like like that's the reason why he like got into music if you think about it because he yeah, got mm-hmm. that keyboard for her so it just symbolizes so. his regrets Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I could Because he that. initiated the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And now he's realizing, like, great, I pushed her away. Oh, I just so want to give him a hug. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, that was really sad at the end. He's basically crying and, oh, gosh. Absolutely. Mm. All right. But let's get into some of our uh, favorite moments <laughs> for this feel-good episode. Uh... Favorite quote, Jess, you can go first. Okay, I have four written down. So I'm <laughs> okay. hoping that you guys will have some of them as yours. Um, All right. But I think, I think, 
Oh, it's hard. I think I'm going with Brooke, though, with I am who I am, no excuses. But I'd like other people to know there's a lot more to me than just some party girl. Which is one of my favorite uh, gifs that gets sent around to Brooke. And I never I never realized it was from this episode. Oh, really? You'll have to show that yeah. to me. It's not the entire quote. She just says, I am who I am, no excuses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just so impactful. Which I debated just using that part of the quote. But I put the whole yeah. one. But that like that part I like best. Yeah, the whole quote is is absolutely wonderful. Um yeah, I sometimes use that as like a reaction gif to something. If I say something like quote unquote controversial on Twitter, <laughs> I'll just I'll post that gif and be like, I am who I am. No excuses. That works really it. well in a lot of contexts. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my honorable mention, Jess. Sam as yeah, that's my honorable mention as well. Um do you want to list your other three honorable mentions? Well, I'm hoping that you guys will have some of them as your quotes. So, like, okay. maybe if you don't, then I'll then I'll honorable mention them after. All right, Caitlin, you go next. So I really liked what Taylor said to Haley, and it was actually in the coda that we just read. But I'll read it again. I know what it's like to search for something more. It's why I'm always running, but then I've never had a Nathan to come home to. I really like that it revealed something about Taylor. I don't know. It made me understand her a little bit more of why she why she does always run. And it made her character make more sense to me. But it also Mm. at the same time like shows like the similarities between Haley and Taylor because Haley's trying to search for something more. She wants this music career, too. So like they're both in a way kind of figuring themselves out. I really like that moment. It just really stood out to me. That is a good moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jeremy? My favorite's pretty simple, but also really sad. Whenever I think about this episode, this quote just always rings out to me and gives me chills every time and just absolutely devastates me. When Taylor says, I'm sorry, Nathan, she's gone. Oh, oh my gosh. It's it's so <laughs> So, saying that it's my favorite quote is kind of reaching, but it's just, it, it always stands out to me with this episode. It's so gut wrenching and always makes me a little bit sad. All right. So, I have to go back and hit honorable mentions because neither of those were on my list. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> go okay, ahead. So, when Lucas tells Brooke, everything you need to say is already in your heart. Um, yes, that's a good I one. I love that one. It's just, yeah. Ugh. Um, so that, and then between, yeah, I know we only got Whitey in one scene in this episode, which I agree with you guys. He needs way more screen time. He needs more to do. Um, yeah. but when Jake, or when he asks Jake, uh, or no, when Jake says, just looking for a safe place in an unsafe world and Whitey asks, find it, he says, I don't think it exists. So I figure I just have to create it myself, mm. which I love. Cause I feel like that's, you know, very grown up of him realizing that he can't just keep running he's not going to find some place where everything is magically better he has to build it himself so i really liked that and then just for laughs because i love peyton she goes we have a lot of great music coming your way and we also have chris keller (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Uh, because there's so much shade in that statement (laughs) i laugh so hard every time she says that um oh that's so good 
Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if, like, that happened in today's world? Oh, my gosh. Like, somebody probably would have taken a video of that and be like, ooh, Peyton Sawyer, a student at Tree Hill High School, is throwing shade at Chris Keller. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of just, like, one, another funny moment of Peyton's. When, uh, when Brooke says, <laughs> says to Peyton about that concert, she says, oh, that'll be perfect for my campaign launch party. Peyton's like, Yeah! Wait, what? <laughs> Her performance is just so funny there. It what? Really is. <laughs> I love those two. The Jake and Whitey one is interesting because I kind of looked past that. I'm glad you pointed that one out. Thanks. That's a really powerful quote, and I totally look past that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And especially when Whitey, I mean, I didn't put that part in it, but when, when Whitey tells him, like, you know, don't try and do it solo. There's a lot of people here who want to help you. Like, it was just a really mm-hmm. powerful moment and important moment. And it just, again, shows how much Whitey cares about his players, not just the game. Oh, just like we always say that, like, Barry Corbin just needs more work. And, you know, just like you said, Caitlin, I feel like I looked completely past these storylines because he just doesn't get enough screen time. He does He's being overshadowed. But anyway, musical moment. Mine's Dakota. Same. Very simple. Really? Both of you are the coda. Yeah. yeah. What, what is yours? It wasn't the coda this time, actually. I really oh. liked the musical performances. When Tyler okay. Hilton performed, or Chris Keller performed, but Tyler Hilton's song, When It Comes, <laughs> and then also The Good Kind by The Wreckers. Mm. I do like I-, I do like those songs. Yeah. But again, it's... You know, that's those are my. I would say those are my favorite songs. Yeah, not favorite music. I liked. Though, yeah. It's kind of hard for me to choose between which one. I kind of liked both of them because they played the songs, but like you got to see what was going on at Trick at the same time, and like mm-hmm. flashing through the different characters, and I found that to be interesting. So I guess I will go with the Tyler Hilton song as my favorite, and then the honorable mention Michelle or the Wreckers Michelle Branch. But basically, like. They're tied. I got you. But the, but the coda is good. The coda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have nothing against the coda. It definitely fits the mood for sure. And it's yeah. definitely moody <laughs> at the end of this episode. <laughs> mm, yeah, it just makes you fucking cry your eyes out. Um, which, you know, just speaking of the music in general about this show, um, Jess, do you want to talk a little bit about what you and Brie do on A Simple Alias about how... Alias is on Amazon Prime with different music that was originally aired. And I think about YouTube all the time whenever we do this podcast, because like I can't even imagine if One Tree Hill had different music than what was originally aired. Uh, <laughs> um, I have to give like complete credit to that for Brie. Um, because okay. she usually I usually only watch it like on my DVDs and she she does both spots. She gets all like the timing of it. I mean, our podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for her. But what we figured out, um, because we talk about the music, we talk about the scoring, we talk about the featured music, um, and there's some really important moments in alias that like 
the music is such a huge part of it. And we realized uh, somewhere early season one, I think it was, we realized that the music on Amazon in the streaming is different due to licensing and stuff. Um, and sometimes, so, so what we do is Brie actually puts it in our show notes of saying, okay, this is the original song and this is what they replaced it with. And sometimes we actually talk about the differences because some of them are really good. Some of them are really awful and some are just like, okay, but like also, like if you watched it on Amazon for the first time, like how would you maybe feel differently about this scene? Because the song is so different yeah. from what it was. So we we talk about that and call it out so that people can like go back and watch side by side or like if they if they don't have access to the DVDs to watch it on Amazon. And Brie actually puts the 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 count on Amazon with where you start in the original song. So if you want to like overlay it to the scene and see how it actually fits with the original music. That is so wild. Mm-hmm. It really is, because, like, I couldn't even imagine watching, like, these episodes of One Tree Hill with different music that was originally aired, you know? Yeah, well, especially because you guys have such great featured music in One Tree Hill. Like, it's such a big mm-hmm. part of it. To change those songs would be... Not yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah. Not and, possible. and it makes me wonder, too, because, like, like, I watch Alias on Amazon Prime. Like, I didn't know, about, and I actually finished watching it about, like, maybe a month before you two started your podcast. Nice. And, and and I just figured out, like, after listening to you two talk about it, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the original music? Yeah. In some cases it is, but in a lot of them it's not. Yeah. But I sometimes wonder, like, did I truly experience Alias the way it was meant to be experienced, you know? I feel like you need the DVDs. Okay. (laughs) I can consider that. (laughs) I'm just shocked that a show can do that. Like, the licensing is that complicated where, like, oh my gosh, it's just wild to me that that show has that, but, like, One Tree Hill, that never happened. So, like, why is Alias special in that way? (laughs) I think One Tree Hill had a bigger budget. Oh, really? I, I would imagine, like, as far as music goes, because music is such a big part of the show, I would imagine that they had more uh-huh. budget allocated to that. Um, True. And yeah, music music licensing can get tricky, as far as I understand. And some of it, like, some of the songs they used, when they used them, the artists weren't, like, really known for some of them. But then, like, going back now, now that it's on streaming, they couldn't necessarily afford afford it for some of the songs i think is kind of how that works um mm, okay. so they have to like go through and find alternates which you know i know everybody's got to get paid for what they got to get paid for but i'm like can you just show it how it was originally meant to be seen and just call it a day <laughs> yeah exactly now is it like that for alias throughout all five seasons because i would imagine like it would change like as you know music licensing becomes more streamlined i guess you can say like Maybe. for other shows because shows right now do not have that issue yeah because you know people are smart enough to know about like you know like okay this show will stream eventually this show will be on dvds eventually we have to like right. get the music right and everything yeah True. we honestly we really are both kind of keeping pace with as we're recording so that we don't accidentally spoil stuff um so i don't think either of us is, have watched that far ahead to know if the music is different like later gotcha. through season five I wouldn't be surprised, okay. but I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, go Brie for putting all that together. And She's maybe we'll have amazing. Brie come in for an episode. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I highly recommend it. She's amazing. <laughs> yes. We, we we might have her on uh on call, like to 
be in an upcoming episode. Maybe, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> that's very fascinating now. Um, so what is um, everybody's rating for this episode? I give it four out of five music tours. Okay. I liked it. And Jess? See, Jeremy, this is where I wish that you would let me do a point five. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. I, I know. Yes. I, I've listened to enough to know better. Um, and I'm still kind of struggling between my scores. I'm going to leave it with how I have it in my notes, but I was really debating between a three and a four, but I am going with three out of five presidential campaign buttons. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. I was uh, very generous with my score and I give it... Five out of five absolute heartbreaks. Really? You give this episode five out of five? I, it I'm was a shocked. surprise. <laughs> but this episode, I feel like, is so well-structured. And I just... And it, it makes me sad every single time I watch it. So I just have to... I just have to be truthful about that. I think that's why I went with the lower score. But earlier today, it was at the four out of five presidential campaign button. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, Jeremy changes his score sometimes, too. (laughs) Like, when we get to the end of the season and we rank the episodes, he won't even choose a five out of five. (laughs) He'll choose another episode that he gave it three out of five. (laughs) As we say, people are complicated and they change their minds. Look at Nathan when he ran back to his wife. Okay. People can do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then I'm officially upping it to four out of five presidential campaign buttons, but it doesn't get a five out of five. Okay. For me. Okay. 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 I I mean, I agree with that. (laughs) Anyway, Jess, uh, before we get into the spoiler segment, I just want to say thank you so, so much for joining us. We have had a lot of fun with you. Uh, Where can people find you and your podcast? Um, Well, you can find my podcast. It's called A Simple Alias. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at a simple alias cast and at Gmail. Um, or you can email us at simplealiascast <laughs> at gmail.com. Brie usually does the how to find us part, so I'm a little out of practice. If you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jess P. Kohler. Absolutely. And you should definitely check them out. We love Brie and Jess in this house. But we could go all night, like, you know, talking about how much we love uh, Brie and Jess. So, uh, <laughs> so bad, Jess, we will see you in the spoiler segment. See you there. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. And I'm Caitlin Ellenich, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing you.
Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. All right. So let's talk about all of these spoilers. So Nathan goes to a really uh, downward spiral in this season. Yeah, he, he has a rough go. This lasts a while. I mean, he he's going through so much like with Haley, but also his parents. Like there's always so much drama with them. Yeah. And pressure. I feel bad for him. He has a lot on his plate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, Jess, I know you're mostly like, you know, keeping a pace of the podcast, but like what do you I mean, what do you know about like Nathan's like journey throughout this um season? The next the next three seasons we can say, actually. So I remember like I I remember him struggling a lot after Haley leaves. Um and then I jump forward to like the whole Dante or whoever, like the the pressure there. And then I remember the fight (laughs) and Nathan not being able to walk and like all of that. So I mean he's he's got a rough arc just from the the parts that I've seen that I actually remember um from my first Mm -hmm. watch. So you watched then into season well, the Dante thing was season four and then him not being able to walk was season five. Okay, maybe I've seen further into season five than I thought, but I yeah I remember he he does start to walk again I think, and I remember his either it was the nanny or like the physical therapist or something like trying to seduce him I remember that yeah um, nanny Carey you got pretty into season yeah, five yeah you, you were yeah that's the time jump maybe we got to season six and that's where we ended okay which once it hit season season six is kind of meh. <laughs> If I'm being that honest. May, that may have been why we stopped watching. Honestly, I think we were watching it because I remember watching it at our old house. So I suspect that we were watching it and then got busy packing to move, um, even though it was just mm-hmm. across town. And I think we just didn't go back to it um, for whatever reason. Well, are you fully committed now? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I am in for the long haul. Um, okay. My first episode, guys, though was the school shooting episode. Oh, yeah. I cannot okay. believe that. I thought that's that what it was. Yeah. The, the first <laughs> half of that. And I'd, I'll have to ask Bree. I mean, I know I've seen it since then, so I know what happens, but I don't remember if I watched, because they didn't do them back to back. It was a week after each other. Yeah. The, the school shooting, that, that aired in early March, and I always say I never remember anything, but I do remember this vividly. Um, <laughs> and then I think the episode after that aired, like, in April. There was, like, a maybe, like, a month break between uh, the school shooting and okay. the other one. So so I might, actually, I, th- I think that was the only episode I saw, and then when Charlie and I went back and did a watch, or were doing a watch, that's when I saw the second half of that episode. I don't, okay. I don't think I gotcha. ever saw the conclusion because if it wasn't the next week, I, I probably didn't watch it. Yeah. When you say when you say the second part, do you mean like uh, Keith's funeral? Because well, I don't think it, it was actually the, two parts. I thought the shooting was two episodes. Am I making that no. up? Or did I just watch that episode? <laughs> I, I may totally yeah, be that, making that up. Yeah, the shooting is, uh, yeah, the school shooting is one episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, there's a lot of aftermath, obviously, following it. Yeah. yeah. So. Unless you're talking about the episode where we see where you get reintroduced to Jimmy Edwards, and then the next episode is when it leads to the school shooting. Yeah, no, it was just for some reason I was thinking it was a two part, but no, I only saw the school shooting episode. That was my very first episode of One Tree Hill. Oh well, 
maybe it was just like so dramatic to you that you're just like, no, my God, I got to split this in half. <laughs> entirely like, I can't possible. deal with this right now. Entirely possible. But yeah, so that was uh, intense. And I don't think I kept watching it after that because I wanted to go back to the beginning and watch all of it, which is why I don't think I kept watching it with them after that. Okay. Well, now you're committed to the full arc. I am. I am that in. That is... Oh, so excited. That was a heck of an episode to start with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, they made such a big deal about it. Like all the, I remember all the commercials and like the lead up to it. And then Brie and and her roommates at the time, um, they were like planning to watch it. I'm like, okay, like let, I'll I'll come watch it. Let's do this. And you know, right. Went from there. Yeah, I remember, like, the, the the WB aired, like, so many promos for that. It was, like, it took up, like, every single TV, like, commercial slot and whatnot. Yeah. It, it was just like, okay, like, I guess we're going to watch this episode now. Like, that's how <laughs> my mom decided to watch it, because she was like, I'm like, what's this episode that they keep talking about? I gotta watch it. I remember the commercial saying, and one life will end. Ugh. Oh, wow. I wish <laughs> I had to look up some old promos, because, like, I wasn't watching it at the time. Oh, yeah. I remember that promo like it was yesterday. <laughs> it's it, it was like that impactful. I mean, I was already into the show at that point, so yeah, I remember eagerly anticipating it. I came in a few episodes later. Yeah, you came in episode seventeen. I yeah, and really random. They're in <laughs> a cabin. And no episode. You came in episode eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was only a few episodes left of the season at that point. And then I was hooked by the season three finale, and then then I started to watch it from then on. Those are the days when you just jump into a series (laughs) and don't start from the beginning. Yeah, I I think I've said this before. Like, could you imagine just jumping into a show right now? It's like, no, like, if I can't watch it from season one, episode one, I don't want to watch it. But back then it was just like you just jumped in when you wanted to well and, but but i've always liked watching things like from start to finish which is why when i missed the first couple episodes of season one when it first came out i just didn't bother until i watched the oh so you were before episode. your time basically yeah you were ahead of your time <laughs> well i i know i talk about it on our alias podcast but i started alias mid season four and I was caught up. Our, thankfully, our friends between DVDs and VHS recorded tapes. I watched season one through where we were in season four in the space of like two weeks. And I was caught up by the time of the season four finale. I oh, may, wow. I, I may have skipped some <laughs> classes. And this was also when we were watching all of the Buffy and Angel. So I, I don't know. We apparently <laughs> did nothing but watch TV sophomore year. You and were binging before binging was a thing, Jess. <laughs> yes, I 100% was. <laughs> Back in the days when you had like the seasons on DVD and you had to like switch discs to oh, yeah. binge through them. Yep. I definitely binge watch back then too, through DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. I did too. With One Tree Hill specifically. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, but you know, this episode is really sad because Nathan and Haley break up, but they do get back together next season, and that's really cute. <laughs> Which it I is. remember, oh. and I'm so excited for. Yes. Season three, episode nine. The same episode where Brooke and Lucas get back oh together. Oh my god, and... the episode with the locket. <laughs> or the necklace or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the necklace with like the uh, Nathan's wedding, or Nathan's wedding ring is like near his heart, and it's so, so good. <laughs> What season is the one with Peyton's brother? Four. Four? Okay. 
aka Psycho Derek. Yeah. Aka real. Then there's real Derek as well, who comes in later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that story arc like vividly. Yeah. <laughs> it's sh- basically seared into your mind that you watch pretty like- much. Pretty much. <laughs> the show gets so batshit eventually. Uh, like, and I, we're get, we're there right now. I feel like where the show just get like batshit wild. Um, but it just there's so much that needs to get unpacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's so much to come. <laughs> so much. But I I absolutely love Neely getting back together in season three. Like season three is my favorite season, and I feel like Neely is a big part of it. Of why I like that season. Yes. And I'm, I'm sorry, you also like a um, another uh, couple together <laughs> in season three. Despite go. your feelings for Lucas and Peyton, right? Right? You, you've, you've said that well, before in some Well, we do have a school shooting kiss between Lucas and Peyton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, they kind of thought she was going to die, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And didn't like, he tell Brooke about it, like, right away? No. no. <laughs> okay. It's it's been years since I've seen this. She finds out by accident. Um, the the two of them are dancing together. So this is after Brooke finds out from Peyton because Peyton decides to confess to Brooke that uh she has feelings for Lucas, but she's not going to do anything about it. And that's when Brooke gets really really mad. Um, and then she stay she's dancing with Lucas, and she says Peyton told me some stuff about you two, and then Lucas interprets that as being about the kiss. And then that's what he tells her about the kiss. Ugh. And then Brooke is like, holy shit, what? There's more <laughs> to this that I don't know? Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> There's a lot in season three, and I really can't wait. I really can't. Yeah. I don't want to rush season two, but, like, I really can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah, Jess, Caitlin, and I, like, always joke about, like, uh, like r- just... Like, can we just skip season two and just like jump right into season three? Because there's just so, so much gold coming our way. Oh my god. Every episode. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. it. So, you know, th- there's a lot of spoilers that we're talking about right now in the spoiler segment, but normally they are the quiet things that no one ever knows. Which is also the title of season two, episode fourteen, which we'll be discussing next time. That that was really well done. I liked it. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> and taken from our OTH DVD box sets, it's true. Anybody can be president. Thanks to mouth, Brooke wins the election. Meanwhile, Nathan's turning into a loser. With Haley gone, he slides downhill and blames Lucas for his unhappiness. I'm sorry, anybody can be president? Like, what the... Why are they insulting Brooke like that? I don't like that. (laughs) That's true. It is kind of an insult. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, can't wait for that episode. And Jess, what we do is we go on three and we all try to say we'll be seeing you in sync. It never works out, but it's really (laughs) funny every time. Okay. (laughs) So, on go. I'm going to do three, two, one, go. Okay. Three, two, one... Go. We'll be, we'll be seeing ya. Seeing ya. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'm thinking I might just keep it that way because honestly, we just need to be honest with our listeners and say that these, like, you know, things are awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>